you're listening to the Optimize for Impact podcast. On today's show, I'm going to give you three pretty unique methods that you can use to be more consistent or to stick to any type of new behavior change you want to create. So if you've been struggling to stick to a diet, keep going to a gym, when you sign up for a new membership and just like, man, I just don't seem to have the motivation, discipline, or willpower to make that thing stick. Well, these three strategies are ones that don't require any of that stuff. It will make you much more likely to actually get the results you want and keep them from the long term. So if that's you, keep on listening. Hi, I'm Joseph Olschlager, and what you're about to experience is a brand new approach toward optimizing your health, wellness, and fitness so that you can fully thrive in both business and in life. But get ready, because we're going against industry norms and we're saying no to hacks, shortcuts, bad diets, and tunnel vision on physique and appearance, and saying yes to simple, timeless principles of health and wellness to build a clear, powerful mind, a strong, capable body, and resilient vitality. So you can go get out there and fully pursue your purpose, maximize your impact, and live a deeply fulfilling, satisfying life. Welcome to the Optimized for Impact podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Optimized for Impact podcast. My name is Joseph. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Now, I just got back from this super rad adventure out in the Wallawa Mountains in Northeastern Oregon. It was this 24 mile, uh, nine and a half hour epic trail run slash ridge traverse. And oh my goodness. Well, I mean, it, it was one of those like type two fun things. A lot of people don't enjoy this. I love ridge running. So it's high elevation. You climb up on this very narrow ridge and for about uh, 16 miles of that. Well, probably a little less, about 14 miles of it was up on this ridge. And it was like knife edge moments, some scrambling, some climbing up and down rocks to get along the ridge. And you just work your way for 14 miles across three of the tallest summits in this mountain range and all the ridges that connect them. And it was epic. And my soul, my adventure soul feels refreshed and full right now. I'm probably glowing a little bit. Um, but why I talk about this is while I was out there running up and down these mountains and scrambling on these knife edged ridges, I was thinking about this episode. Actually, I was thinking about the idea of consistency and frequency and how do we create results that last, right? How do we get healthy? How do we drop some pounds, regain energy? better our metabolic numbers, feel like have a clearer mind, uh, more high-performing body and mind. Like, how do we do this? How do we get to that point where we feel like we're thriving and we feel energized, we feel good? And how do we keep that? And a lot of people on social media right now, it's very, very common to throw around these concepts of discipline and willpower. And you just gotta do it, you just gotta be motivated. And all of those things are good. I'm not here to knock discipline, especially strongly believe in discipline. I'm not here to knock willpower. I'm not here to knock motivation, but there's a big problem here. 
And that is that a lot of people rely on those things. That's their primary strategy to make a change and to be able to consistently stick to something new that they start. And the issue with this, with using those as your primary strategy, is that they fluctuate. These discipline willpower, they are not consistent. The levels actually go up and down. Now, this has been tested. Behavioral scientists have tested willpower, motivation, discipline, and show that it increases and decreases every day based on a variety of factors. Like, how much sleep did you get? Right, if you stayed up late last night working on a project, you only got four hours of sleep, you're gonna have so much less willpower, so much less motivation to do things. Those changes actually occur in your body. They reduce your levels. Think of it almost like a gas tank. That if you have, if you're under a lot of stress right now, if you're having, you know, like if you're fighting with your significant other, or there's tension in relationship, if your mother-in-law's in town, um, if you even drank alcohol the night before, didn't sleep well, all these things affect your levels of, of motivation, discipline, willpower. And so they're fickle. They go up and down, they come and go. And when they're high, yeah, they're super powerful. Like when you're really motivated, you can do just about anything. But then I think we've all felt that moment where we're not motivated and it feels like you have 50 pound weights on your ankles and it's just so hard to do the thing you wanna do. So it's fickle. And I think a lot of us know that consciously. I think a lot of us would say, yeah, willpower, trying to rely on feeling motivated probably isn't the greatest strategy. And we know that, and yet we still do it a lot of the time. I still do it in factors of life in our aspects of life, and I have to try to catch myself and say, no, 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 not a good solution. So I want to talk about on this podcast today, I want to talk about three unique ways you can strategically position yourself to win in health, wellness, and fitness, how to get great results and keep them long-term with these three ways that don't rely on willpower, don't rely on motivation, don't rely on discipline. Now, these are systems. So we're going to be talking about, when I say strategically position yourself to win, what I'm talking about is designing systems into your lifestyle that consistently nudge you or push you or encourage you or direct you toward taking the actions that you want to take to build your health, wellness, and fitness and maintain it for the long term. Okay? So this episode is about the tension between the common way many of us go about change, which is willpower, discipline, I'm just going to do it. And I'm going to present this idea of being strategic, not relying on emotion or how we feel, but actually designing systems, things that are outside of us that don't rely on us. We could have a terrible day, but these systems are still going to be there in our lifestyle and it will be pushing us toward or calling us into, pulling us into making the right decisions. They're almost like guardrails on a road. You install these. I know guardrails aren't full foolproof, but like you feel better, right? On a slippery day or a rainy day, having guardrails, you feel good because you know, should you slip, it'll probably keep you in the road. You won't fall off into the canyon. That's what these systems do. They keep us focused and they keep us making the decisions we want to make no matter what's happening in our lives. So I want to talk about three unusual ways, ways that aren't super common or aren't commonly talked about that you can build these systems into your day. 
And the first one is called knowing your why. Knowing your why. So what is your why? Now, your why is your purpose. It's your mission in life. It's your reason for who you are, where you're going, what you're doing, the things that value or things that matter most to you. That's how I define what your why is. And so when you know your why and you connect your why to the action that you want to start taking more of, whatever it is, it could be um, whatever healthy behavior you're working on right now. So it could be a dietary thing, right? Eating less of something, eating more of something. It could be exercise. Hey, like you just downloaded my walking challenge. It's a shameless plug. And you're like, hey, I'm going to walk 10 minutes a day. I want to start walking more. Great. Knowing your why, knowing, connecting why doing this new healthy behavior, um, connecting it to your purpose in life, things that matter the most to you will make it much more likely that this behavior will actually stick. It's going to increase the frequency and consistency of you taking that action when you connect that simple action to your deeper purpose in life. Now, this problem, when you do this, this can solve one of the greatest legs of Western health, and that is the yo-yo dieting. That is getting excited, starting a diet, starting a gym membership, and then falling away a couple weeks or days later. Okay, One of the biggest challenges is maintaining a new habit. And when you connect this new habit to your why, your deepest purpose, when you know your why, you are much more likely to consistently take that action and avoid the on-again, off-again, yo-yo dieting type behavior, which is like one of the ultimate villains of our health and wellness journey. Now, here's a mistake most people make is that when they start something and they feel themselves falling away, they try to restart it, but harder or bigger or badder, right? So like if the diet failed, um, if I started this diet, let's say eating no carbs, I just couldn't maintain it. I fell away two weeks ago. Well, I'm going to go back to that, but now I'm going to do it harder. I'm going to eat zero carbs and I'm going to eat you know, two servings of vegetables with every meal. Like you up the antes, you come back harder than before. And the issue with this is, again, this goes back to willpower, motivation, and discipline, is if the if the first thing was too hard to maintain and it required too much willpower, motivation, you couldn't maintain it, you fell away. Well, when you come back harder with something, which is what most of us try to do, it's just going to require more willpower, more motivation, more discipline to stick to this new thing. And it's going to set you up to fail. You're going to be much more likely to fail again. And it's this spiral of of trying something harder, falling away, feeling like a failure, trying to restart something. And unfortunately, when you do this a lot, after a while, you finally become to believe that, hey, I can't do this. I am the person who can never stick to anything because you have all these tragic past instances you can look to and go, yeah, see, I tried that diet, fell, failed. Tried going to the gym, failed. Like, I just can't do it. I am a person who can't do that. And when you speak those beliefs, when you believe those things about yourself, that is actually one of the most damaging, limiting, tragic things and most powerful things that can prevent you from changing, right? Is believing that you can't do it. And so we want to avoid all of that. We don't want to make those mistakes. And so we want to know our why and connect our why to this behavior so we are much more likely to take action even if we don't feel like it, even if we don't have willpower. So, Let's talk about how to do this. 
How do you know your why? Now, this is difficult. And I'll admit, a lot of people, if asked, what is your purpose in life? What is your mission in life? They'll say like, man, I don't know. I'm still trying to find my purpose. And I get that. I wrestled with that for years and years and years, feeling like for most of my 20s, that I didn't have a purpose and it bothered me. I didn't know what I was about. And through a lot of intentional work in the last couple of years, I have sharpened my why, my purpose, to something that I feel is fairly clear. It's, it's, it's taken me about a decade, honestly, to get to this point where I feel like my purpose is very, very clear to me, at least in this season of life. But it took a lot of work. It took a lot of exercise, a lot of writing, a lot of reflecting to get to that point. And if you're not there, if you are there, great. You know what your purpose is right now, right? You're like, oh yeah, um, like I am put on this earth. My mission, my goals, my desire is to do X, Y, and Z or to be X, Y, and Z. Now, if you're not, if you're, if you're most people who are like, man, I just don't know what my purpose is, that's okay. It's something that can take some time to clarify. But you don't need to know it right now in order to take advantage of the step. What I want you to do is just simply write down on a piece of paper the three to five things that matter most to you right now in life. This doesn't have to be your deepest ever purpose or mission in life, right? But just the three to five things that you matter most in the sense of accomplishing or in the sense of being, right? So the type of person you want to become, um, any goals you want to accomplish, write down the three to five things that are the most important things to you in life right now. For me, for example, if I would say this, one of the most important things is growing a business or two. Um, it's being a son to my aging parents, taking care of my parents. It's being a friend who is always there for my friends, right? Who can support them, provide them um, grace, speak truth into their lives. Those are things that matter, right? So like one is an accomplishment. I want to grow a business. I want a standard of health, wellness, and fitness that allows me to show up every day and be the best entrepreneur I possibly can, right? I also want health, wellness, and fitness that will support me in being the best son, the best friend, right? Who can show up fully and be most present, be my best self, right? So write down the three to five things that just matter most in your life right now. And then the second step here is to identify in your mind why this new health behavior will allow you to better live in alignment with these things that matter, live in alignment with your purpose. So for example, if I was going back to walking, I was trying to start a walking habit because it's incredible exercise, incredible for your brain, incredible for your health, incredible for your relationships, reduces stress, reduces depression, all these amazing things, right? Um, and, or symptoms of stress and depression, I should say. It doesn't, you know, this is not medical advice at all. Um, I'm not claiming that anything is actually cured by walking, but it helps a lot of the symptoms. Um, and so let's say I want to start walking. And so what I'm going to sit down and do is say, hey, I want to be the best entrepreneur I can. I want to grow these businesses. I want to grow my impact. I want to help more people. I want to be a son and I want to be a friend. Walking 10 days or uh, 10 minutes a day is going to, for an entrepreneur, going to allow me to think a lot more clearly, reduce stress so I can think more clearly, so I can have more creative function. It's going to increase my cognitive ability to think. It's going to allow me to speak more clearly, um, be more effective when I'm working on projects, right? 
Um, for a son, the same thing. It's going to reduce my stress. I'll be more patient with my parents. I will show up with greater um, uh, presence in the sense of I'm not going to be as tired. I'm not going to be as foggy-brained. Same with being a friend, right? And I'm going to link to each to each one of those important things that matter. I'm going to link why this new behavior is going to allow me to better accomplish those goals or better be the type of person that I want to be. And that's it. And when you connect in your brain why this behavior isn't just going to allow you to like, you know, look good on the beach, which is something a lot of us want to look good, right? Um, when we take our shirt off, for example. But that isn't like necessarily always a, a reason enough to make us stick to something. But when we clarify why this behavior will allow us to better do the things that matter the most to us in life. When you make that connection in your brain, you are subconsciously now much more likely to value that action because you now see it will allow you to better accomplish, do, or become the things that actually matter most to you right now. Like, I like looking good if I take my shirt off on the beach, but like, I don't really care about it that much, to be honest. But I do absolutely care about being the best friend I can be, having the greatest impact I can have on the lives of those around me. And I absolutely care about being the best entrepreneur I can be, creating a business that has high value to other people, that is profitable, right? And those are things that matter so much more to me than like looking good, right? So I connected to those things and now I am much more likely to stick to that behavior subconsciously than if I had not made that connection. So to recap this step, Knowing your why is about identifying either your purpose in life, who you wish to be, what you wish to become, or identifying the things that matter most to you right now in life. Write those down and then take the behavior that you want to start doing, whether it's diet, exercise, you know, sleep hygiene, whatever it is, and write down why, actually write it out with a, with a pen, write out why that thing will allow you to better accomplish or become the things that matter most to you in life. Okay, that's unique way number one to move away from discipline, motivation, willpower to make behavior change and into these systems that do it for you, that nudge you toward it. And the first one was knowing your why. Now, the second one is designing your environment, our physical environment. Now, our environment is one of the single greatest determiners of our behavior and thereby ultimately our results, right? Because of our behavior, what we do determines the results that we have in the future and actually in the present, right? Because the results we have right now are the results of the actions, the behavior we had yesterday, weeks ago, months ago, etc. right? It's a rolling film Our behavior. Our environment affects our behavior our behavior affects both our future and then present results. It's important. Now, when you nail this, when you design, intentionally design your environment to support your goals, you again reduce, greatly reduce your reliance on willpower, motivation, and discipline. And not only are you much more likely to get better results, you're much more likely to get them faster and they're much more likely to last. And that final piece is what I am all about. Now, Here's a mistake most people think. Again, when or most people make when they're trying to be more consistent. Again, one, they rely on willpower motivation again to make their changes. But two, if they 
do try to change their environment, they do something drastic. They do some type of go big or go home change to their environment. Now, I'm not necessarily arguing for that. I am all about consistency. So I've heard of people coming in and just throwing out tons of food, right? Anything processed, right? Like you maybe heard about this too. Like somebody comes over to their house, like a health coach, and they throw out every single like processed food, every single like box food, every single canned food. And I am not advocating for this at all, FYI. Um, and then they'll be like, you're just eating broccoli and we're just going to bring vegetables into the house, right? And like for the next month, it's all we're going to tell you to buy is just vegetables and you're eating them raw, right? Those crazy environment design things. I am not talking about this at all. I'm talking about consistent behaviors, small changes, one at a time that lead to lasting results, right? So let's talk about how we can design our environment that is not crazy, that is not this go big or go home, and that allow us to not rely on willpower, discipline, and motivation to make changes. Now, I've got three ways for you. There's a million ways you can design your environment. We're just going to talk about three today. The first one is, can you remove something from your environment? Is there something in your house or wherever you spend most of your time? For some people, that may be the office. It may be where they work. I work from home. I'm an online entrepreneur. So it's my my home. Um, is there something that you can remove from your environment that is currently preventing you from taking the actions you want or is working against you? I'm going to go with, like I previously talked about earlier, the example of food. Now, if you remove something from your environment, like I did, this can help you out. Now, a couple of years ago, I was working in the oil fields, uh, paying for college. Yay. Um, you can get through college debt-free, by the way. Um, and very physical job out there in the oil fields. And so myself, my coworkers, we ate a lot of very sugary snacks. Uh, I believe it was zebra cakes. I think Hostess. I think like a Twinkie. The zebra cakes were like this like vanilla or chocolate uh, like donut thing. So processed out the wazoo with like cream in the middle, if I'm remembering it right. Um, and like Nutter Bars and all these things, right? So we bought all the snack food because like it was a very physical job and actually helped, right? Physical jobs are kind of like sport nutrition where where you're like actually like swinging a pickaxe for hours during the day, you burn a ton of calories. And so it actually helped to have these high calorie foods to power us through these days, these long, long grueling days in the oil field. Um, so, but, but what I'll say was while those foods helped on the days we were working, they were in the house, right? We bought them. We, I had them in the house, but on days that we weren't working or it wasn't very physical where we weren't called out and we're sitting at home. I, when I got hungry, guess where right where I'd go straight to the zebra cake, straight to all those like high sugary foods, right? Cause they're easy. They're accessible. They're tasty. They're like always in the back of my brain. And while that totally did not destroy my desired body composition while I was out there, probably wasn't the greatest for my health. But again, we were burning tons of calories on the days we were, we needed a ton of energy on the days we were working hard. Uh, but when I quit that job and began doing what I'm doing now, something that is much more, um, cognitive and less physical uh i like remove those from my environment i don't buy them anymore i don't bring them into the home because if they aren't here i won't eat them now it's not saying like i won't eat them ever i'm not advocating like oh never eat them again that's terrible oh, no no if you love zebra cakes great but like don't bring them home 
Like if you are going to eat them, maybe go out and buy a box, eat one or two out there, toss the rest away, but don't bring it back into your environment. Try to shape your environment, remove things from the place you spend the most time, if you can, that negatively affect your goals. And I suggest you do this one thing at a time. So can you identify one thing in your environment? Food's, food's an easy one, but it can be many things. One thing in your environment you can remove. It'll make your desired results much more easy to, to obtain. Sometimes you don't have to do more stuff. A lot of us gravitate toward what can I start doing? Honestly, sometimes it's just about what can I stop doing? What can I remove? It takes no effort, no time, right? No extra like energy to stop doing something. You stop doing it. And so my question to you is, what can you remove from your environment that will allow you to better successfully achieve the goals you want to have? Okay, that's number one. Number two, how can you make the new behavior more obvious? How can you design your environment to cue you or remind you to do your behavior? Easy example of this. I have a friend who will put her shoes right on her desk or on the chair to her desk or by her front door, wherever she knows that she, she actually started walking, right? Hey, walking challenge. If you haven't started it, I created a walking challenge. This shameless plug again, go download it. Armornutrition.co forward slash walk. Awesome, awesome walking challenge to get you started with your walking habit. But she started walking and she would place her shoes the night before somewhere that she knows she would see them, her walking shoes. And so when she'd see them, she'd go, oh, time to go for a walk. She'd throw them on, go out for a quick walk. Um, we're talking, you can set reminders on your cell phone. We all have these now, other than my mom who has like a like a flip open phone without, it's not a smartphone. Um, set a reminder on your phone for a certain time when you know you're gonna walk. Um, use post-it notes, right? I have post-it notes that I place, I use for uh, taking notes for work. Like place a post-it note on your cell phone that says go for a walk, right? So many ways you can cue your environment, you can design your environment to remind you, to cue you to do the behavior you want to do. Get so creative with it, but can you make it more obvious to do the right thing? And the third one is, can you make it easier? Can you make doing the behavior much, much, much easier? Less willpower, less motivation, less discipline. My example for this is the Instant Pot. So years ago, I wanted to begin doing or creating or eating, what am I losing my words, eating most of my meals at home for multiple reasons. One, meals made at home are generally have higher nutrients. They generally have fewer calories and it's a massive financial win, right? So I'm all about financial independence. I'm currently saving up for my first investment property. And so I was like, hey, for all these reasons, making more meals at home is going to be a massive support of so many goals in life. How can I do it more simple? And a friend gave me their Instant Pot. Now, if you are not on the Instant Pot train, go get on the Instant Pot train. You can buy them. Like, they usually go on sale for like 20, 25% off different times of the year. Um, and you can get them for like, I don't know, $70 to $80 um, when they're on sale. Instant Pot is the best thing ever because it's a slow cooker and a pressure cooker mixed in one. So I can toss any food in it in the morning. It takes me five minutes to throw some meat in there, like raw meat, chop up some veggies, like roughly chop them, throw the lid on it, start it for eight hours. And I know that night and multiple nights later, I have dinner, a nutritious, inexpensive, awesome dinner that supports my health and financial goals ready to go. And it took me five minutes to do it. 
okay? You can do that with any slow cooker. But the Instant Pot, you also has the pressure cooker function. So you can like cook rice in, I don't know, five minutes and it just does it by itself. You don't have to sit at the stove and like stir it. You can cook like frozen meat, raw meat in, you know, 20 to 45 minutes, like done. And again, it's just like press it and walk away. You don't have to bake. You don't have to worry about like, you know, setting timers, coming back, flipping the meat in the oven. Um, Like it's this epic hack that makes eating meals at home so much more simple. Okay. So can you find ways to make the behaviors you want to do more simple or easier to do? The Instant Pot, go get one. Okay. So that was the three examples for shaping design your environment. That's remove something from it. It's make the new behavior more obvious and make the new behavior more simple or easy. The final one we're going to talk about today is called stacking your team. We're talking about social pressure, which is an interesting concept. We usually think of social pressure, peer pressure as a negative thing. At least I do, uh, right? Because like early 20s, everyone's like, ooh, like your teenage years, everyone's like, ooh, peer pressure. And it's this bad thing. It's always like, oh, the bad things those kids will get you to do. However, it can be a bad thing for sure. However, it can also be a massively positive thing. And that's the aspect of peer pressure that not many of us talk about until today on the Optimized for Impact podcast. So we're going to talk about stacking your team, leveraging social support and accountability as a powerful tool to take the right actions that you want to take. Now, relationships, similar to environment, are some of the most powerful influencers on so many aspects of who we are and what we accomplish in life. We're talking, well, what is the old saying? It's something, I'm going to paraphrase it, but like you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. This has been tested. Like this this rings true again and again that the people you, you bring into your circle, the people you spend time with affect so many things or influence so many things about you regarding like the amount of money you make, the quality of health you have or fitness, the types of goals you have in life, the lifestyle you end up living, the character traits that you adopt, embody, value, etc. All these things are greatly affected, oftentimes subconsciously, by the people we're around, the people on our team, as I call it. And so when you dial in your team, you have some of the greatest power for change, positive or negative, okay? So we're going to talk about this. The mistake most people make when it comes to social support and accountability when trying to make changes are they go the lone wolf route. Now, I think people do this for for two things. Like they don't tell anyone, they try to do it on their own. And one is, I think it's attractive to try to make change on your own because you don't want to be vulnerable to open up, especially with health and wellness, especially for talking body composition. It can be very vulnerable and something that is, that is like has an aspect of shame sometimes to say like, hey, like I don't like the way I look or I want to look better or different. There's some weird ego stuff, some shame stuff, some sometimes deep hurt associated with verbalizing those goals. So a lot of times we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to be vulnerable. And the second thing I think is we don't want to be afraid of failing. Most of us have tried starting something health related and like quote unquote failed, right? Like stop doing it. Start, tried, started something and fell away, couldn't stick to it, whatever you want to call it. And in the back of our head, there's that fear that, hey, we'll do it again. If we tell other people, 
those men make fun of us, or I feel like I let them down. Okay, so I think those are the two reasons why most of us try to lone wolf it, and that's a big mistake to make, right? Because people, we are social creatures, and having accountability, having support is one of the greatest, greatest assets you can have in any type of change you're going to make in life. So let's talk about stacking our team. Let's talk about bringing people, the right people, into our team when we're trying to make these positive changes, when we're trying to be more consistent and stick to some new changes. Now, I have also have a couple, three, three different things I want to talk about here. The first one is pretty obvious, but it's, it's finding an accountability partner, finding somebody who will hold you accountable, somebody that you have to answer to, right? And who will essentially be someone that will know what you're doing and you have to tell them like, did I or did I not? do the thing which I said I would do. Now, there is some like, and this is what I'm talking about, is you gotta find the right person. There's some accountability partners that are almost like bullies, okay? Like I'm afraid some fitness coaches kind of fall in this category from what I've heard over the years and going to school for nutrition and fitness. Um, is people who like cudgel you into taking action and you're kind of scared of them because they're kind of mean, right? Because they're like, oh, you know, you better do it or else you're a failure. That type of stuff, like that's not who you want as an accountability partner, unless that works for you. And there's very few people that that respond well to that type of thing. Um, instead, what I recommend is you find the right person. If you're going to go with someone who is a one-on-one accountability partner, find somebody who will do two things. One, truly and fully celebrate with you when you win. This seems like an obvious one, but have you ever struggled to like celebrate with someone when they win? Because you're like, man, I want to win. Like, why are they winning? I'm not winning in life. Um, I'm kind of angry at them now for doing well, for celebrating a win. So I'm not truly, right, supporting them because I'm a little jealous, right? Find somebody that you know will fully and truly celebrate with you when you do the thing you want to do. That is so powerful, right? A genuine, honest to goodness, someone who is on your team. But not only when you win, but also will be someone who speaks truth over you when you quote unquote fail, if you mess up, if you like don't do the thing you wanted to do and you're like, oh, I feel like a failure, you're a accounting partner. You need someone who will remind you in that moment, give you grace and remind you what the truth is. And that is that you are not a failure, that any change, there will be mistakes. Failure is just an opportunity to learn what didn't work, Right. You didn't do it. All right, let's unpack that. Let's find out why it didn't work. What would help you be more consistent next time? Because failure is literally how success is made. Failure is a learning opportunity. You're collecting data about what doesn't work. And now you take that data and they help you problem solve. Okay, so you didn't go to the gym today and today was one of your days. Okay, what went wrong? You didn't feel well? Okay, how can we help you problem solve? Like if you don't feel well, how can we get you to go out for a walk? Even if you can't make it to the gym, how can we get you going for a five-minute walk, 10-minute walk? Someone who will remind you that failure is part of the process, who will help you problem solve, who will fully support you, pick you up, dust you off, high-five you, and point you in the right direction and say, let's go again, okay? Find the right person who supports you when you win and supports you when you feel crappy and you made a quote-unquote mistake. Okay, so that's my two cents on finding an accountability partner. It's important to find the right person because the wrong person can cause far more damage 
um, then, then good. So that's your people. Now, the second one is similar to accountability partner, but now it's public accountability. Can you tell a bunch of people you know about the change that you're going to make? Because that public accountability, when you tell a bunch of people like, hey, I'm going to do this thing. Now there is the pressure to do it because they, they're all watching. A bunch of people now know and they're going to be watching. My example is um, an entrepreneur and performance coach, Craig Ballantyne. 10 years ago, he wanted to quit swearing. And so he said, okay, I've tried to quit swearing, um, struggled to do it, have failed to quit swearing, but I want to be someone, I value being someone who doesn't swear. What can I do? So he told everyone, his partner, his friends, he emailed his entire list of clients and leads, right? And said, hey, I'm going to stop swearing. Okay. And in four days, he quit swearing. That public accountability of every single person in his life and even strangers on the internet, knowing that he was going to quit swearing, they would not be hearing swear words from him. In four days, he quit swearing. And that was 10 years ago. It's been 10 years since he's sworn, right? Public accountability. So who can you tell? Coworkers, friends, like the more people you tell, the greater pressure, peer pressure, right? But in a positive sense is gonna propel you and guide you and push you toward taking the action that you wanna take. And finally, and this is kind of a, a part of all this, but, or a, a piece of both public and one-on-one and -on -one accountability, and that's can you enlist your household, the people around you, to be on board. Now I'm thinking of families right now because so many times I have heard so many stories of people, especially spouses, we're gonna use this as, as the example, saying, hey, I want to make these health changes. I wanna lose 20 pounds. I wanna feel better. I wanna feel lighter. I wanna feel good about myself. But my partner is not supportive. When I tell them like, hey, can we not bring soda into the house, right? Like they're trying to do environmental design, but the partner won't do it. They keep buying soda. They keep buying chips, like these things that aren't supporting them. And it's so incredibly frustrating and hurtful when they don't support you. And I am not partnered. So while I cannot speak to this with personal experience, here's what I encourage you to do. I'm going to steal a page from the marketing playbook. And this is go for win-wins. Or how can you position improvements you want to make in light of them being beneficial for the people around you, people who may not be on board, who may not want to go along with the health change you want to make, right? If it means no more soda at the house, they may be like, uh-uh. And here's what I want you to try. This isn't foolproof, but years and years and years of marketing research has shown this to be very effective. You're going to market this change in light of how it will benefit them. So this is a win-win approach. It's going to be a win for them, and that's what you're going to prioritize, and it's going to be a win for you. Now, most of us are subconsciously wired to make decisions and to gravitate toward things that personally benefit us, ourselves. Even though we love those people around us dearly, the nature of survival is very, very strong, mentally, physically. So we are naturally looking for things that benefit us. And so when you come to someone like a partner, it's like, hey, I want to stop bringing soda home. And I know you love soda, but I'm, I'm going to like, we can't buy it anymore because I want to feel better. I want to lose weight. I want to look good. I'm unhappy with myself. While they may love you deep down, those are all things that are benefiting you, not them. They're losing something they enjoy, soda. 
and like what's in it for them and so at face value it's like okay yeah this helps you but like i'm losing something and i want this right so here's what you do instead position it as market it toward them okay so what you're going to do is you're going to sit down with a piece of paper before you talk to them and you're going to write out why and how the changes you're going to make are going to benefit them so for example if you're wanting to lose weight feel better increase your energy you're constantly tired just feel blah lethargic and you're like now's the time to do it we're going to write on a piece of paper is how you benefiting yourself you getting healthier will actually help them will you have more energy so you're going to be more patient you're not going to be as cranky you're not going to be as snappy um, will you be more present? You'll have more energy. You'll be more invested listening to them, drawing them out, talking with them, not zoning out in front of the TV and ignoring them. Um, will you be happier? Will you be more fun? Will your libido be up? Um, will you like just be happier person? Like you'll feel better about yourself. And you're gonna think, how will that benefit them? Right? How will they enjoy that? Like what will that bring to their life? that is going to be a positive benefit to them. And you're gonna lead with that, right? So you may sit down and be like, hey, I know that the last couple of months I've been really cranky, I've been really short. And I know that that's, you know, it's taken a toll on you. And here's something I think I can do that'll allow me to have more energy and have more patience, be in a better mood. And I, I want to be that for you. Like I really do care about you and I want to be like uh, have a healthier relationship. And here's something that I think will actually allow me to better do that. And so, and it's true, right? And now this is a win for them because they're seeing that like, hey, they care about me. Here's things that benefit me. And you can also clearly say like, here's things that benefit myself as well. And this is gonna be a win-win for both of us. And I think this is gonna be a big positive thing. And while this is not a sure proof method, they're gonna be so much more likely to be on board when you lead with and clearly identify the benefits they have for them, the win for them, right? Um, and that's a marketing play, which I believe will powerfully allow you to help bring on the people around you, whether it's a spouse, whether it's kids, et cetera. I think that's a powerful method to try. And if you try that, please let me know how it goes. It's a hunch I have that I believe is a powerful way to enlist the support of those around you, even if they're originally a little bit begrudging. All right, thank you so much. If you've made it to the end, I gave you three unique ways that you can stop relying as much on willpower, motivation, and discipline because they're fickle and they fluctuate and they're unreliable and they often leave us in those terrible places of yo-yo dieting or starting gym memberships, falling away, and ultimately not getting the results we want in life, not feeling good, not having the health, wellness, and fitness that allows us to show up and fully pursue our potential, maximize our impact, and live a deeply fulfilling and satisfying life, which is what this show is about. Okay, so instead of willpower, motivation, discipline, I give you three ways you can build strategic systems into your daily lifestyle that will nudge you toward taking the actions that you want to take regardless of motivation or willpower on that day. This is the automation of your behavior. This is like developing passive health streams instead of passive income streams, right? That's what these systems do. And they were knowing your why, 
They were shaping your environment and they were stacking your team. Those are the three unusual, unique ways that you can go about getting results and keeping them without relying on motivation, willpower, or discipline. Now, if you found this show helpful, the one thing I ask is that you please, please, please pass it on to somebody that you know might find this helpful. Somebody you know that is in the middle of trying to make some type of lifestyle or behavior change, shoot them this episode, give them some tools that maybe they haven't heard if they've just been hearing about be more disciplined, be more motivated, just just be more consistent. And these will help them create systems that actually will begin to get them results faster, sooner, and maintain them for life. Now, if you want help designing your environment, if you want some ideas about how to go about finding your purpose, designing your environment, and stacking your team, please shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'm there at It's Coach Joseph. It's my handle. Um, that's where I'm most active. If you want some help throwing some of this stuff together, shoot me a DM. We can chat. Till next time, thank you for tuning in to the Optimized for Impact podcast. I will see you all next week.